At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. <laughs> That's so anticlimactic. And hello. <laughs> hello there. It's my NPR voice. <laughs> All right, Devin, what are you going to start us off with? All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. I was waiting for more, but that's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. That's pretty good. I can't. Can't do that voice as good as you can. Can you do it? You can't do a Jack Nicholson. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. No, no, no. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Something about like the breathiness or something, like like the raspy breathy. All work and no play makes Jack. Yeah, I can't do it. (laughs) You sound like an old wizard. And that's the end of the podcast. Thou shalt not yes. pass. Oh, what a new play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> That's pretty good. So, well, I yeah. was looking for a, a quote to excuse me 3D printing toys today. <laughs> excuse you today. <laughs> to, to give myself an out <laughs> on why I'm sitting here printing toys with my new 3D printer. Um. <laughs> So I was thinking, well, you know, whatever. It's important to play. Why not do things right. you want to do? And, you know, playing kids is obviously, obviously important. And they have the quote of, you know, if you do something you love, basically if you're playing at work, you don't have to work, that, that type of thing. Right. Yeah. If you, do, if you do what you love, you're never, you never work a day in your life. Right. Or right. So, yeah. so then I was thinking of, uh, uh, I guess, The Shining. That quote came up in my head. Yeah. And I looked, I was like, it's probably from something else, or I'd never really thought about it. It just became such a thing that it was from The Shining, you know? The right. thing typed over and over that it kind of became its... But apparently it's a proverb 
which they don't really know where it came from. And the act, uh, it was recorded as early as 1659. Wow. Dang. Um, and there was in that was like the first modern saying it was appeared. And then it was in collections of proverbs and sayings. And then some people added to it. One person said, all work and play, all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. All play and no work makes Jack a mere toy. Mm-hmm. Add a little something. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think um, that's one of the benefits of of the channel that we have is that it's things that I love to do, you know, <laughs> and like, and, and you love to make videos, you know, mm. like, like all that's, those are both things that we love to do. And, uh, so it doesn't ever really feel like work. You know, of course, sometimes it's like, okay, this is another day of filming. Like we got to do it. Or maybe like we got to do the ending and I got to do four or five or six takes of something. And then it feels a little bit stressful or not stressful, but like a little bit more like work, but but really, it's just hanging out in the shop and making stuff, you know, like, and hanging and out with you and you, drinking you, beers. You, and You don't you know, even like, have to drive anywhere. I know. <laughs> That's great. Crew just shows up to your house and disappears. <laughs> yep. I know, yeah. So I'm, Call I'm me paying, when you're finished. I pay for the uh, electricity in the studio, so. <laughs> and usually the beer, so, you know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, I usually like to. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... um. Yeah, if, yeah, pl- yeah, play is important. I mean, you got to do it, right. and that's the whole com- that's the whole maker community. People doing stuff. Right. Um, obviously, you go and and it's such a a funny thing to think about. Like our grandparents, they were makers, but they didn't. They it was more a necessity, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, and they enjoyed their craft just as much as modern people do. But we don't have to do it. Um, right. And there definitely wasn't people like there. There was, but no one was collecting toys and waiting to see the newest comic book movie and like these these traditionally right. childlike things, right? Right. That have just become such a. I mean, I'm sure if our grandfather played Nintendo when he was seven, eight. He might play. He might have been playing video games when we were kids around him. You know what I mean? Right. How yeah. it's going to be modern days where. Whatever, Uncle Devin plays Xbox with with Uncle Drew. Like that's how they right. that's how they yeah. chat. It's just right. a re, it's a real nice way to um hang out nowadays yeah. when you can't, and it just gives you an easy way to talk. We're not going to call each other on the phone, right. but we will chat with each other about what's going on in between Halo matches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, right. oh, how's, how's oh how's the house you're looking for? Oh, that's cool. You know, it's just a it's just the modern way of chatting right <laughs> getting on and playing a video game with someone but um yeah I, I, yeah i don't know where i went with that just yeah play you know it's it's a yeah. little different nowadays because right. we can do these things and there's i mean there's that man i was looking uh so f- for people who didn't listen last week i got a 3d printer so i've been watching people building tools like I, mm-hmm. we can, I can tell one of the little things I made for you, Dust. Yeah, and then yeah, I've also been watching like people painting miniatures and stuff, and right, because um, I always loved in my head, I always loved those, and one of it was because our Uncle Jack used to have those painted figurines. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, military the, guys. Well, yeah, all the uh, um, Colonial Williamsburg stuff. 
Yeah, and I always thought that was so cool. So I always had an interest in the back of my head, like I want to paint miniatures. <laughs> and then, and then we were kids too. We like, I remember hearing about D and D and like Warhammer and stuff, and and like you right. see, you'd see in those game shops, that, and that was always cool. And I always liked um, strategy games. So I'm trying to figure out how I can create some type of adult version D and D like gambling <laughs> strategy game. So I've been thinking about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that's um like you were saying earlier, like there's there's a difference between uh a generation generational like interests and you can't say that like that one is better than the other, but it was definitely a different mindset um from like the older generations. And maybe like you said, maybe it's just because it wasn't the like the play was different. You know, there are different right. things available. Like you know, they played like outside, they played baseball and it, it, like whatever. It was just like normal activity stuff. And then, yeah, so some people went on and did that as they got older. And, and you know, as they got older, they would do that because that's what they did as kids, you know. So you might have like a softball league or you might have like an old dude's baseball league. You know, it's like right, right. they still did stuff that they did as they were kids, but it was just a different type of thing. Yeah, that's all they had. So, they didn't have digital games to play with. Right. Kids. Yeah. So what you grew up with and what you kind of like follow along through your life, it just stays with you. And, and that's your interests are there because they're nostalgic. So, you know, yeah. they might have like our grandmother late in life would tell stories about when she was a kid and they would all get together and they would dance like when they were dance. like in their early yeah. teens and stuff. You know, they get together in someone's house and they would just dance to the new music because that's what was there. That's what was fun. And that's mm-hmm. that was their pastime. Same way where we used to get together at different people's houses and play video games or, <laughs> you know, like stay up late at night and like play video games <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, or. You know, and so they things change or read comic books or whatever, you know, over the years. So um, I think it's just a different – it's always something different, you know. So it's always going to be something different that doesn't exactly fit into what you did when you were a kid and the next generation is doing a little bit something different. But there's still that play. You right. know, it's got to be something different than what you do every day for work. Um, and, you know, if you can do what you love, then you never feel like you're working. But right. I think there's a point, a part of that, that there is, especially for um, for men, like ingrained into us, this desire to work and do something physical and make something or do something or be something. Um, and then, you know, that's like supporting a family. So the goal there is you're doing it because you have, you're supporting something, you know, you're mm-hmm. supporting someone or some, you know, a family. But. So yeah. the responsibility's there, so it doesn't have to be play, right? There's a reason you're doing it. The play is just you do that because it's something you want to do and it's fun, and that's the only reason, right? The reason is you do it because it's fun, and it's a release from what you have to do because you have to do it because it's your responsibility. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's why, I don't know. Maybe that's why, like, man caves and stuff exist. Because it's that release from the responsibility of, of doing something for the purpose of supporting your family. And and I think it's because the wives don't want the the big uh, Ravens football poster in their living room. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, look, you can put whatever you want downstairs. <laughs> so that's why you end up with a popcorn machine and a like a full size like stormtrooper and like 
a giant a TV that's way too big. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's just all the crap that the guy wants that just doesn't work with a normal house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like. That, yeah. Do you need that uh, model of like the uh, Apollo like lander? Like, yeah, it's great, <laughs> isn't it cool? <laughs> it's so cool. I have yeah, a glass. Yeah. I've got a ten foot glass case to put it in. Well, I don't know. Throw it in the basement, like. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the house is the woman's like, i'm gonna do everything that i want you want this crazy with this this space is all yours aren't you so excited to have this this one space it's all you you can do whatever you want with it you just leave the rest of the house to me <laughs> like okay all right <laughs> yeah i know i like i um i often like my my wife and i nicole and i we split everything like we don't have separate bank accounts or anything like everything is just in one right so not split everything but we share everything so everything in the house is both of ours but the shop is still mine in my mind and even in nicole's mind it's it's mine right like it's not it's not mine everything down there has been purchased with our money but but it's like my space and everything is the way that because i'm down there and i use it and i clean it and i put it back together and you know like i don't go through Nicole's knitting stuff because that's all of her stuff. You know, that's the stuff that she's interested in that she controls. She cleans up, she organizes. And if I go into it, then it's just, you know, it's out of the, you know, I'm doing something that's just going to mess something up. I'm not saying right, that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Obviously if I ever wanted to make something or use yarn for something, I could just go in and take something within reason, right? Like, Hey, are you using this color for anything specifically? No. Can I use, you know, whatever, some feet of it or something? For, sure. Um, and if Nicole obviously ever wanted to use a tool or need to use a tool, which anytime she's like, Hey, can we go down the shop and do something? I'm super excited. I'm like, all right, cool. You want to come down? Yeah. Let's go play in the shop together. But, uh, but yeah, so, but there's still definitely that like definition of space. Like that's like my shop, you know, it's like where that's like all the things are down there. I have them all organized the way I want them. You know, if Corinne or Nicole come down and use something, they know they should put it back where it was because otherwise it's going to upset me. And, you know, it sounds like I have it a certain way because I like it that way because that's the way I use it. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's obviously if it's your, your partner's hobby or your family. Right. If someone in your if it's their hobby, you leave it alone unless you want them to get a little pissy. But, you know, obviously if they want right. to do something that that person would, of course, do invite with you into right. their hobby. Like, yeah, sure. Check it out. Right. Yeah, but it is um, nice to have that play space, you know, I, and I feel that way, too. It's like when I go down in the shop, it's like a, a different world. You know, it's like, ah, all right, I'm in the shop, you know, <laughs> grab a beer, hang out, maybe like, you know, post something to Instagram, maybe like <laughs> clean up an axe head and do whatever, you know, just like putter around, clean some stuff up, make some things, put some things away, you know. Putter. Is putter a word? Yeah, just putter around, yeah. To putt. To putter. To be a putz. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> putter around just kind of walking around doing little things okay putter around isn't i feel like something i feel like, like it is but it might not be no it is well i'm just trying to think who would have used it putter around it's like more of like a grandparent thing maybe just puttering around the house doing Cause, whatever because they putter because <laughs> they putter so i um <laughs> we'll go into what i've been up to first since we're already on it yeah the 3d printer stuff first of all i'm drinking a uh a Goose Island. All right. Uh, this one is a uh, Next Coast IPA. Ooh, nice. Good stuff. They, they got nice 15 packs. Um, yep. 
They always include the shandies, though, which are, I like them in the summer, but in the winter, they're always a surprise. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, lemonade. It's like 19 degrees out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, whatever. It's, it's what's left in the fridge. I'll have a few shandies. Yeah. But I'm I'm um, drinking out of, I posted something on Instagram as well, at the beginning of like a mug, like a, uh, yeah, like a medieval whatever kind of. Uh, tabletop gamey style um, right. uh, koozie thing that keeps right. your can in it. So I'm drinking nice. out of that and it turned out really well and knock on wood I haven't had any big issues like spaghettis or things go wrong yet. Right, yeah. And I, and I built this. This, I mean, this took 24 or 5 hours. Whew, man. I just That's left crazy. it running and then yeah. so I'm talking to my buddy Guy about it. And it's his birthday this week, okay. or towards the end of the week. And uh, um, if we play said, like, games, he's probably going to be one of the guys who come over. Right. So I was like, well, okay, I'll get you. I'll make you a mug. And there's this website. I guess I should. That'll be my shout-out later. Um, that has yep. free, uh, uh, free mug designs. You can just drop it in your 3D printer and make it. So he, like, picked out this huge one. It's like so elaborate. It's like it's called like the merchant's mug, so it has like a belt around it. Mm-hmm. It's like a gold sax hanging out of it. It's got like leather wrapped. I mean, it's all obviously just gray right now. Right. But it's like the most elaborate looking cup, double the size of mine. And I was like, all right, well, that's the one you want. So that one took like uh, I don't know, like five or six more hours than mine did. Oh, did you make it though? You made it. For yeah, me? I made it. For nice. Me. I was like, all right, it's his birthday and. That's awesome. And we'll try. You know, I'll try a bigger one. Yeah. And right. It's so tall that I needed to print out a separate insert for it to fit normal size cans. Uh-huh. Like I think right now it could fit a tall boy can, you know, like right. a 16 ounce or whatever they are. Yeah. So I had, I, there's a plastic, uh, I'll pull it. Yeah, there it is. Um, yeah. It's just a little plastic like insert that slides. Into it, slides down, down. right? Yeah. yeah, to bring it up that extra like two inches or whatever, or inch yeah. and a half. Nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I printed, I printed that out, and that mm-hmm. turned out great too. Um, I changed the settings a little bit. There seemed to be more overhangs and stuff, so I wanted a, a, a more percentage of infill to make sure right. nothing uh, fell apart. Right. Um, actually, let me send you send you a picture real quick. Yeah, um, what's his name? Bob from I Like to Make Stuff just posted a video, maybe just today, about 3D printing and uh, printing like stuff for his uh, Land Rover. Oh, nice! It's pretty cool. So, like, he had like these um, handle clip or like kind of handles on the side for the um, for the recline for the chairs. You know, he like pulled off the handle and it reclines the seat. Whereas, yeah. hey, I still had the metal part, but the plastic part had broken off. So he printed new of the new ones of those, and he was like talking about how you would replicate a a pattern like that. You know, you like you need this thickness, and you need this thickness, and you need this thickness, and then you need like the depth of this and the size of the hole, and all these measurements and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I'm doing with my students right now. Uh, my my sophomores are doing orthographic drawings of objects so they're like doing Mm. one-to-one scale drawings that are perfectly measured and drawn exactly the same shape so like if you traced it but not tracing it right and so 
it's uh yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. Dang, that thing's crazy. Yeah, just yes, yeah, so I said your pictures. <laughs> you're looking at them now. Yeah, yeah. So many more details. Mine just looks Man, like looks... a barrel with some like um, strapping around it. Right. His is like a pewter cup with a leather belt, and like <laughs> it's whole. Yeah, it's like I said, it's got a gold sack and a and a the end of the belt has like a metal like flourish on it, and there's designs. Man, that's cool. That's isn't crazy. That, like how that cool detailed looking? that is. Yeah. I know all of our listeners are enthralled right now. Yeah. Oh, that's so Instagram. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's crazy. Like, the way that there's, like, the money bag hanging down and the way that, like, the folds and stuff look. That's right. Great. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Man. Yeah, that's impressive. So, um, so it was my birthday on the 22nd, on the, um, the day after, so last Saturday, the day after our last podcast came out, and, uh, so we were away for the weekend and we'll go into that a little bit more, but, um, this past, what was that? Tuesday. So Tuesday, today's Thursday, this week on Tuesday, we went out to dinner with uh, our family. So my, my wife and daughter and I, and then Devin and his wife and daughter, and then my brother drew his wife and son. And then my parents, my brother, Derek was working in Southern Maryland. So he wasn't able to make it up in time, but we all got together, um, went out to dinner and, and partially, I guess in the, when we got there, you gave me my birthday gift that you made for me. Um, and so I opened it up like halfway through dinner time and you told me before I opened it, like, okay, open it up. Um, try to guess what it is. I won't tell you what it is, but you said, you know, if you know what it is, don't say right away. So everyone else can try to guess as well. Right. So right. I open it up and I'm taking there's, a look there's, at it. There's and, the play. Just yeah. add it in whenever you can. Like, oh, we'll make a fun game out of it. Right, exactly. Yeah, so so I open it up, and I'm looking at it, and I couldn't figure out what it was right away. Like, we were, everyone was looking at it for a while. It was probably, like, I don't know, five minutes or so yeah, but before it came more. to me. Maybe more, yeah. Um, not so not kind of living you know, with anywhere, it. Yeah. yeah, five to 20 minutes somewhere. Right. Okay, so explain kind of what it looked like. All right, so... Um, the overall shape was kind of the shape of a doorstop. So and there, really yeah, narrow on one side. And there's the three pieces. Up. Yeah, three pieces. It's, um, I would say, maybe three quarters of an inch thick or wide, deep. Um, it's maybe two and a half inches long and an inch and a quarter tall, something like that. Um, there's a bottom piece, and then there's... A top piece that so they come together fit really like tightly together with kind of these shapes between the two um and then there's a screw that goes in from the top and holds the two pieces together so there's a hole in the top piece and a threaded hole in the bottom piece and they screw together so it's these two pieces they fit together one end's sloped to a really fine taper the other end's kind of rounded um and yeah, I don't know, just the shape of it. It has, like, one side's kind of like an S-curve where the two pieces meet up and they fit together really well. Um, and, yeah, we would kind of ha- hand it around. Like, Dad kind of thought he knew what it was. We were thinking, like, something to do with, um, I don't know, I thought, like, something to hold something on to your clothes or something. You know, like, the whole screwing the two mm-hmm. things together and pressing together and all. Um, yeah, so we kind of, like passed around for a while and everyone kind of figured it out. and it was a couple of times you were like you're like now oh, let me tell you what it is I was like, or you're like do you want me to say it i'm like no 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 i need to, i figure i can figure it out um so then you gave us a clue that was 
it's you were like it's something that I do a lot of. You know, mm-hmm. something you're like something that Dustin does a lot of. So um I had I had you narrow that down. I was like, You mean in the shop? And then you said yes. So I knew, okay. So it's a, something for the shop, something to do a lot of. And that's all sorts of things, right? I make knives a lot, I do axes a lot, I do all sorts of stuff. Shaping things a lot. I do we do we you know we film the, for the channel a lot. So it was kind of a wide range of things, but I knew it wasn't like a, the other thing I was thinking was like backpacking or camping, right? We do a decent amount of that. Right. So I want to kind of narrow it down. So yeah. So it kind of, we just lived with it for a while and we couldn't really figure it out. I'm just kind of playing with it. And then it hit me like, then I saw what it was, you know, it was like, bing, it went <laughs> off in my head and I was like, oh, I got it. I know what it is. And it's, I was like, it's, it's a sandpaper holder. So you take like a, strip of sandpaper that's maybe five or six inches long and uh and the same thickness or you know width as the piece and you wrap it around the bottom and it goes up over both sides you know and then tucks in underneath the top piece that screws down on and holds it in tight so it's really cool and the nice it has the taper on one side so you can like get a really fine you know like sand really close into a fine corner with it. So you have a nice crisp edge and the other side's rounded well. So you can kind of do like smoother sanding and stuff. And yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. So a little, like a little fine, uh, a little fine sandpaper holder jig. So really cool. I'm just, Oh, and so I was, uh, that's awesome. I love it. It's a cool little gift. It's perfect. Like a perfect thing to 3d print, you know, like this right. funky shape, like right. you could like, to have that manufactured in like aluminum, you could do on a, like a mill and a lathe, but that's a lot more work, a lot, you know, I don't know, maybe it'll take the same amount of time. Maybe it'll take less time to do it, but it's more work, right? <laughs> Rather than like hit print and go, you know, and you said you printed all three pieces together, like in one. Yeah. In one I just laid them all down next to each other and it took about, you know, it takes two to three hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, so so I'm kind of playing with it throughout the dinner and you know whatever we're eating and we're getting ready to go and everyone's saying goodbye and I walk out and we're all getting in our cars and I was like playing with, um, with Finley for a little bit, Drew's son and we're like hanging out and we go, we drive down the road, toward the exit of the Hunt Valley Town Center, and I'm like, patting my pockets and like, I'm like and I asked her and I was like, hey, can you look in that bag to see if the little sandpaper holders in there that uncle Devin gave me and she's like reaching around she's like i don't think so it's not in here mm. i was like crap so like turn around like drive back <laughs> to the restaurant go inside and the, like one of the bus boys is there and he's like cleaning the table and i'm like and i'm like i go and walk past the desk and to the hostess whatever and i'm like hey i'm gonna go and check to see if i left something on the table unfortunately he hadn't cleaned it up yet and it was sitting right there like in the little baggie <laughs> looked just like a piece of trash sitting on the table I was like, yeah. So he reached over and grabbed it. He was like, he's like, oh man, you got here right in time. <laughs> I was like, I know. I was like, that would have been gone. I was like, oh no. Oh, that's uh, funny. And it was like that was a decent amount of time, you know. I was like, I mean, the the restaurant wasn't packed or anything, so it's not like they were waiting for people to come in, you know. Yeah. But but it was it was probably a good, I don't know, seven or eight nine minutes after we left. <laughs> you know, it's a decent amount of time for them not to have cleaned off the table completely. But yeah, I was like, Whew, it was almost gone right when I got it. <laughs> like. Man, <laughs> you'd be like, can you print me out another? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, it took two hours, right? Yeah. A couple more. I just need a few different ones so I can have different types of pans sandpaper yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said, too, you're like, you weren't exactly sure how big it would be from the images. You know, right. 
and it's, I, like you're looking at the size on the computer screen and yeah of course you can like you know the measurements and stuff you can see them but until you actually see it like get right physical feeling of it it's hard to tell you know yeah it's uh <laughs> especially you know you zoom all the way up in on this stuff and you're like looking at it and layering it and it's whatever seven eight inches wide on your screen right <laughs> you print it out yeah. you're like, oh look at this little thing that's so cute. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just put it on standard, like, speed and resolution. Right. So not super detailed, not super slow. And it printed out a, I mean, a screw and a... a yeah, yeah, threaded, a, a threaded, a, 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 you a know, threaded hole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that, tapping, that smoothly down. turned and locked well. Yeah, I know. We were talking about that. It's pretty impressive, like, how, how well that works. You know, you mm-hmm. print something out like that. So did you print that vertically? Well, the two pieces that clamp together are on right. their side. Okay. Because yep. all they are is like, if you're looking at that from above, they look like two racetracks. Right. And then you flip them and you can put them inside. But So they're just a hollow thing, and they're right. easily built that way. And the screw is sitting on the, on the, on the, on the bottom, you know, the wide part of the screw. And then, then right. the, um, whatchamacallit, the... It's it's on the base. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's on the base of the screw where the where the nut would be, or where the hand crank is, and it just right. goes straight up. So that's not on the sides. So nothing needs supports or anything. Right. Okay. Oh, so it's sitting on the head. Yes. So you had it flipped so. over, right? So the head was on the bottom, and then the screw was mm-hmm. the whole like uh, the shaft of the screw with the threads on it was pointing mm-hmm. up. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. It worked really well. It's like a perfect little fit. Obviously, it's all made out of plastic, so you're not like cranking down on it, but you don't need to. You just need to right. tuck the pieces of paper in there and then, you know, tighten it down so they stay into place. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, I was like, I was just thankful it was still there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to post pictures off, the, but we'll do uh, pictures up on Instagram of both. Ah, um, see if see people can guess. Yeah. Too, yeah, see. if I do. Well, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow in the morning. I'll post it along with the. Uh, with the the show, um, you know, information and see if people can guess before they watch the show or before they listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. So, um, did that and I printed out some more stuff and then I printed out these two like wall sections. It's like you would use it in a uh, tabletop game, right? Like looking down. Oh, gotcha. It's like a dungeon. Yeah. It's got like a floor and it's got walls. And I printed out one at a higher resolution, and it took about 40 minutes longer. And I sped it up and brought the resolution down to see if I could, if it would print right, you know. Right, yeah. um, And if it would uh, look any different. Because you can see, you know, you can see the layers. Right, yeah. Uh, It just depends how much and how uh, sharp the object you are has. But I think... I'm looking at them side by side now. I popped the one off right before we started recording, and it, I really can't tell the difference. Hmm. So as long as they both like paint the same, you know, as right. long as the the uh, the layers don't show up a bunch more, I'll probably just do that. Right. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, for certain things, it's like a craggly rock wall anyway. So it's <laughs> right. Exactly. You're not looking yeah. for totally smooth. Smooth. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Um. But yeah, so those are the types of things I'm trying to dial in. Like, I uh, when I made it, uh, it was a real pain in the butt. Like, there's a bunch of YouTube videos. I mean, the, the Chinese directions are really, really bad. 
Right. Very simple. Didn't really tell you much what to do. And then all the YouTube videos, there's they give you so many more tips. Like, hey, check this. Make sure this is straight. Tighten this. Right. This is how you can find that. Because you got to have that X and Y axis, like tight, and those wheels tight. If anything's loose, it's, I mean, the, the layers are so thin. You, right. You get all types of issues. So I. Yeah, yeah. First day, I actually had all day really to do it. Like yeah, I, I nice. was watching Maeve. Mm-hmm. Caitlin was at work, so I had it spread out all over the uh, the dining room table. <laughs> nice. and, uh, I was like, right, I'm going to get this thing built today. And I hit a snag like halfway through. Um, I forget what it was. I just couldn't. I, I didn't think, okay, the, the motors going up and down just were really tight. And I thought it was something to do with the vertical screw that runs up and down that it that travels right. up and the motor yep. spins to travel up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I quit. I couldn't figure it out. And I was going to break some, you know, you eventually start getting, you're pushing on stuff too hard where you're like, right. Yeah. Okay. I got to figure something out. Cause I'm really, once I mess something up here, then it's, well, I'm going to have to get a replacement sent from China or something, you know? So it's just like, oh, right. Yeah. I got to stop my brain. You know, you like get exhausted and frustrated where you start yeah. to do things you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so I'm like, all right, I'll stop. And then the next day I was still so frustrated. I didn't want to do it, but I know I was like, look, if I don't get on it now, that thing's going to sit half made right. for who knows how long, you know, cause you just go like, I don't want to deal with it. And then I don't want to deal with it comes with, you don't deal with it. And it sits there and like, so I jumped on it, I fiddled around, and I got it to where I thought it was good enough. You know, I was like, yep. I just got to try it out now. I can't sit here and go back and forth, back and forth on this one piece that I think should be perfect, but I'm not getting it perfect. Right. Um. But, you know, read some things, read online, watched some more videos, and got it up and running, and then printed out the um the little tugboat. Nice. They call it yeah. the, uh, uh, what do they call it? What do you call it when you do a test? Oh, benchmark. So it's called, oh, okay. so benchmark test, right? On whatever uh, you're doing yeah. or a computer benchmark test. It, it like strains, it's supposed to strain whatever machine you're using. So this has like overhangs right. and loops and detailed things and walls and a slope on the front of the boat. And it's all supposed to give you an idea of what it, how well it's tuned in. Right, yeah, because then you can take a look at it and see if right. these you things say, are messed yeah. up. You know, this is messed up. or mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So it's testing. It's it's pushing the limit of each of the different capabilities of the machine in different aspects. So you can see and you can... Yeah, you can so if this is off, you know your screw's off here or whatever. Right. Or yeah, yep. But I printed that out and it looks great. Like, it's really sharp. Benchy the tug. Benchy the tug. So that's a great first one. I'm sure anyone who who's done 3D stuff knows right. and probably also, also has one. Because that's like the number one downloaded thing. Right. One thing verse. Benchy. Nice. Like, you got to have a Benchy. So I got a Benchy, and um, uh, then I did some cups, and some, and I'm doing all types of stuff. So it's been really that's fun. Awesome. And I, got, I found my paints. Because I, I had bought some model paints, but I never used them. Right. So I'm hoping, I don't know, you tell me this. I think they're acrylic paints. If they freeze up, are they done? Um, they were yeah, in the attic. Um, I mean, it's not as could, cold as outside, but it's cold up there. Yeah. Uh, probably okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's like, they're, I, I take, I mean, I guess I don't know. 
So if they are acrylic, it could freeze. Um, I mean, it's not great for it, but you know, for what you're using, it's not like you know you can still use them. You try them out if they if they seem like they're working, that's great. Right. If you know you paint one and after like a year it starts flaking, well then you had a year of using it. You know what I mean? Like right. It's right. it's not like a house paint where you know if it's if it goes off, you don't use it because you're not you know you're planning on painting your house once. You know, so and then leave it for ten years or something. So, what kind of overcoat could you put on that to make to seal it? Um, there's lots of different mediums that you can you can paint over top of acrylic. So, as, when you put acrylic down, there's if you go to any um, any art supply store, you'll see there's like different acrylic layers, like clear acrylic layers that you could put over top. You can spray on or you can paint mm-hmm. on that will give different finishes. So you could do like a clear acrylic or, you know, like a clear gloss or a matte or um, right. an opaque acrylic, you know, there's different, uh, different, um, you know, uh, things you can yeah. put on top that will give right, you the finish right. that you want. So usually you're putting that finish over top of it. And because it's acrylic, it's a plastic base. So you're basically coating it in another layer of plastic. Yeah. Okay. So, well, maybe yeah. I'll do, maybe I'll test something small then. Because I would like to paint these mugs, and I'll probably go up to Guy and bring his bring him his, and maybe we'll paint them up and nice. get him to look cool. Right on. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think that should be an issue. You know, there's small amounts, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I mean, I know that you can, if you freeze, like, big gallons of, you know, multiple gallons of latex paint, they can go bad, but... Mm. I don't really know much about freezing acrylic, and like I paint, I paint almost 100% in oil-based paints. In oil paint, um, you know, I do acrylic for crafts and stuff. So, but yeah, all my experiences with painting with oils and oils don't freeze. So, I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and the yeah. other thing, did we talk about it? Bringing in all the the appliances into the kitchen. Now the French doors are done. No, we didn't. We talked about the French doors, but not the appliances because yeah. I came and helped you do the outdoor trim. Right, um, right. We didn't. But I just, don't think we talked about that in the last podcast, which I still need to seal. But we got the trim. Yeah, and it was just it was a little bit more work than I thought, but we we got it up. Yeah, yeah. We I knew it was going to be a little bit of like figuring, you know, because it's the like <laughs> it's yeah. that custom fit to each thing it has to kind of if you want like flat trim across the front then it has to step back in to go into the door because the door was a flush with the inside of the house and not the outside so right we yeah, knew we there'd had... be some funky stuff and the, and the hole in the wall was a little funky and you know so but yeah i think uh and and like cutting long thin pieces of you know wood and stuff was all a little bit funky but i think you know i think overall it turned out really nice yeah, yeah. no it looks, it looks great real clean and, so yeah. i still have to seal it and it's been I've been waiting for a warm day because I'm trying to <laughs> do the cracks in silicone and yeah. tell you not to do it unless it's over like you know freezing temperature. So yeah, we have not had a, many of those in the last two weeks. <laughs> right. So there was that, and then so finally, the whole reason was because we couldn't get any appliances into the house in the kitchen, and all modern appliances are huge. So right. uh, um, luckily, we had already had the money saved to buy the stuff. So we're just waiting. And, uh, nice. so when we did, we got two new, a nice big open, uh, French door style, uh, uh refrigerator with, nice. with the, with the freezer under, you know, the big freezer below. Okay. And yep. then 
got a new uh, electric stove, both Samsung, both kind of, you know, stainless nice. steel look, and uh, that's nice. Nice, right on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So the door was successful. Yeah, <laughs> French door and, and the <laughs> <appliances> in. <laughs> the guys did not want to deliver the fridge. They were not happy because it was snowy out. All right. And it like <laughs> comes up and it had fro- it had it, it froze overnight. Right. So it was really slippery to get in the back. But I was like, <laughs> you know, that's where it is. Like you can't get through here. You had they had to deliver it. I mean, they probably could have said no by some law, you know, by like, hey, it's right. dangerous. We didn't want to hurt ourselves. Yeah. But I kind of convinced them, and <laughs> I actually wish I didn't. They were slipping around so much. I I didn't have any cash to give them a tip or anything. I, I know I did, but I only found, I found like $4 or something. I had a few oh, ones. Like, it was almost, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I don't know. I, it's almost insulting. I know, right, exactly. I'd rather but give she, them nothing. She was, on, but way. then it's just like, I guess it's better than nothing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they can buy a soda on me or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, exactly. <laughs> I guess it's, a, yeah, having a little extra at the end of the day might add up, you know, whatever. Hey, I mean, that's their job. Right? I mean, their job yeah. is to come, and I'm not, not the whole ta- the tip thing. I just mean, like, it's their job mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. and deliver mm-hmm. it into your mm-hmm. house, right? So if your entryway is around the back, it's not like your house is not giant. So it's not like they had to go very far. Right. Just I walk mean, around it, the corner. You it know, could like, have been it could have been an apartment on the third right, floor. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Or it could have been like, you know, a, a multi level house where the front door is up a, at right. the top of the hill and like you have all, to go yeah. down the hill and around the back in the back and up some stairs. Or, you know, or like, every every townhouse now where you go you walk in and it's ten steps. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, split level you, where you, you, have, yeah, to you have to go up or down. Up, or, yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it is what it is, but that's their job. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not saying that, you know, they'd appreciate a, t- a tip and, you you know, it's always nice to give a tip when you can to tell people you do appreciate their work. But, but you know, it is their job to put it where you want it to go. And that wasn't too unreasonable. So, yeah, so, that's cool. Uh, nice. We did that and we actually spent even more money. Now we're, we were broke. We bought a new couch. For oh, nice. But we are, that was another thing we were kind of waiting on, even though I think we could get the couch through because we already got other couches through. But Right, yeah. Bought a new couch. Finally, we just got tired of looking, you know, for like the perfect, yeah. perfect couch and finally <laughs> found one. It was like, that's fine. Like, however long it takes. Okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you get it in? Like, did you get the couch in the house already? Nah, it's on order, like gotcha. everything. So, you know, eight to... 14 weeks. Yeah, like right. That'll be like Drew Saga. And then he talked about on the podcast the whole, like, it'll be ready for you in October. I was like, okay, now it'll be ready for uh, yeah. you in November. Well, you mm. know, now it's December. Wait, now now it's not going to be ready till the end of February. <laughs> like, whoa, what? <laughs> Crazy. So hopefully it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. It was, uh, oh, and one more thing funny about that. I didn't even ask for the good guy discount. I guess I should have. But. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> good guy discount. <laughs> It's a little bit harder in person, you know. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but we had seen the price, and we had, and we had liked it. Like, okay, this is a good price. That was under what we w- were thinking. Yep. And then, so we're pretty much already locked on it. We're just like looking for a salesperson, right? Yep. Um. And my wife's like, "Well, let me see if there's any other colors because this color is nice, but maybe there's something else." Um. And she looks online, and it was like 200 bucks cheaper online oh, on their website. <laughs> so we just told them that. and said, okay, yeah, yeah, we match those prices, obviously. So I was <laughs> like, man, <laughs> if she hadn't looked, we would have just paid, you know. Extra 200 bucks, yeah, right. Because right. it was already under what we wanted. 
I was like, all right, can should always look online. That's crazy, like how, like, because they're all it's all shady, right? It's all it's, yeah. It's, the furniture is like used cars, or right. not not cars, just a car dealership. Right. You yeah. never know how much stuff should be. Mm-hmm. It always takes too long. They always go to talk to someone else. <laughs> hey, let me get this person to fill this out. They make you sit there and wait. It's the same racket. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, jeez. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, it feels grimy, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a pool of dishonesty. And then, yeah. And then they <laughs> hit us with, like, at the end, like, delivery fee. Well, they give you a total. Right. All right. Yeah. With everything, it's going to be this. Then I have to ask, okay, why, why is it so expensive? Right. Yeah. You got to break them down. Like, okay, what is this? What is that? No, we don't need a hundred and fifty dollar, like, you know, repair. Fee, you know that type of thing. They're right, always trying yeah, to hit you with some warranty thing, yeah, right? They want an extra, Jeez. yeah, one hundred and seventy fifty or one hundred seventy five for that. You know, like, no, no, take that off. Like, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Bring someone over to sew it, or are you going to take our couch for six right. weeks? Yeah. Be like, what if something goes exactly wrong with my couch? It? You're going to take it anyway because it's like, yeah, right. Right. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but yeah, oh, if there's a spill on it, I'm like, well, then there's a spill. Like, it's it's a couch. Like, yeah, we'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah. I'll rent a, you know, a furniture cleaner for 20 right. bucks for right. the day and I'll clean it. Yeah. Jeez. So, knock on wood, I don't have a story in, <laughs> in 13 <laughs> weeks. Like, oh, Caitlin, uh, Maeve, <laughs> my daughter had a knife and sliced it open and. That I, I ran over to her with a glass of red wine and spilled that on it, and, <laughs> and the baby puked out of fear. Not it was blood. crazy. <laughs> fear. <laughs> uh, Wish we great. had that warranty. <laughs> $175 really be nice right now. Now we're looking at another $1,200 couch. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, the, the silliness I've been up to. Those, that's character, right? Those things. Like, that's oh, yeah, right. that's the spill. That's, Remember that? When Maeve stabbed the couch and I spilled the wine and she threw up on it. <laughs> and then we had to flip that cushion over, and that's why this one's a little funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all just stories. That's <laughs> right. It's like marking the height of your children on the door frame. Yeah. <laughs> that's and when that's, this happened. And that's what we say. We also save that, too. Yeah, right. From the slider. That was, yep. it was, you know, this, the, uh, for, no, they don't know. Um, I bought our parents' house, so right, yeah. all the grandchildren were getting were measured out there for the last ten, fifteen years, or fifteen, right. fourteen years. Yeah. So we saved that bit, and actually, we thought when my dad came over, we thought like, oh no, I, we we must have thrown it away because we couldn't find it. Oh, the other piece, but yeah. We remember had one piece, we were looking, looking, piece, but we yeah. just had kind of forgot what edge it was on because we were kind of looking at the right. wrong. We were looking for the wrong thing, basically. And yeah. Found it, so that went home. With nice. our parents, so I'm sure they, he'll he'll nail that up on the shed somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I told him I gave him the measurement. Like Drew and I made a mark on mm-hmm. it. We measured from the floor up three feet. I made a mark on it at three feet, so that way mm-hmm. when he gets to his house, because the trim at the bottom wasn't exactly on the floor. Right. So right. it's not like you can just put it on the wall and put it on the floor. Then you're down like a half an inch. So all your measurements right. are off. Right. So. Now he can he can you know uh, dial it in to the right height so that way, as he's still marking as Maeve and Finley and Gabriel and Abigail and Corinne as they continue to grow, they'll still get marked up at Granite Pop's house. It's fun. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, I mean, for me, um, I was saying last weekend 
we went, um, Nicole and Corinne and I went to, um, outside of Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is, um, not quite Southern Virginia, I guess, kind of middle of Virginia, um, off of 81, which if you're not familiar with Virginia, Virginia is south of, of, uh, Maryland. And it goes all the way from the East coast inland, you know, quite a ways. It's a pretty big state. 81 runs uh, further inland near the uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, which are part of the Appalachian Mountain Range. And so we went to a little cabin outside of Harrisonburg, which is about halfway down the state. And uh, went for, we took the day off on Friday. So I took, the, the, my my wife and I took off work and then we took Grant out of school for the day. And uh, headed over and had lunch and did a little bit of like antiquing that day. And then went in and stayed in this really cool little cabin. Um, which was, uh, it was like a one, one room cabin, um, two floors. So you had one room downstairs, which is kind of an open concept kitchen, dining room, living room. And then I guess a bathroom that was a separate space. Um, and then kind of a cool kind of half spiral, half regular staircase that was metal and wood that went up to a second floor and up on the second floor, it had, um, just a bedroom, it's like a single bedroom and then this kind of little nook. So probably five, maybe five or six feet deep and seven or eight feet long. This little teeny kind of room that's like in a little uh, overhang type thing um, with a small door. And inside there they had a little single bed. So Corinne stayed in there, which she loved because it had these little curtains that could close it and a little like uh, octagon window that looked out she brought her little lantern and had that in there with her and had her little like cozy little bed nook which is fun and so we had that bedroom upstairs for nicole and i and downstairs had a, a tv with internet so we were like we just kind of logged i think i logged into netflix just so we could watch some stuff we watched a bunch of seinfeld which is fun we just like for <laughs> i think all day on on uh saturday or not while we were in the house it was kind of i think we ended up watching like 10 or 11 episodes just kind did, of in a row it was kind of in the background did corinne find it funny yeah she really liked it yeah nice at one point she like went upstairs and she like it was getting late and she like wanted to come back down and continue watching seinfeld but then it was the end <laughs> of an episode and i was gonna watch something else or something so She's like, oh, we're not watching Seinfeld. And she's like, okay, I'm going back upstairs. And she like went up and like was playing on her Switch or something in the little room. But yeah, she liked it. She's like, that fun. Kramer guy's goofy. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, uh, was it Joe DiMaggio? Or what's the episode where there's the the, um, the baseball player who dunks his donuts? Was it, was it Joe DiMaggio that they talked about? And Kramer's like, he was trying to get his attention. So he's banging on the yo, table. Yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that episode, I was like, that's a good one. It's a classic. Yeah. That was fun. We um, we bought a uh, game called um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like um, Scrabble. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a it's a survival game. So the you're put into a scenario where you're in a in a plane with the other players, and it goes down in the middle of the woods, mm. and you have to survive a certain amount of nights before you're rescued. And so each, each, um, you crash and it starts with nighttime and you have these nighttime cards. And so you determine how many nights you want to try to survive when the game starts. So if you want to do, it's like, if it's easy, it's eight nights. If you're doing medium, it's 12. And if you're doing hard, it's like 16. Right. 
So you set up your knights and you shuffle up the cards and you put in a rescue card at the end of the deck within the last three cards. And then each night something happens and you uh, have to just, like survive it. So you you start off with some some amount of hearts. You know, you can have a total of six hearts. So so like you read the card and maybe one night like, you know, it's a giant rainstorm and everybody loses a heart, right? And the next yeah. night, maybe like wolves come in and they attack your party and everybody loses two hearts or something. You know what I mean? So the, the third night, the pilot tries to eat your flesh out of exactly. Hunger. Yeah. Well, there are so there's like there are cannibals. Well, there are there are cards. I think they're called hysteria. So at the end of each night, you do a health check, and if you have one heart left, so if you only have one heart left, then you get a hysteria card. I think it's called hysteria. And then you have to do what's on that card. Some things you like do right away. Some things are lasting like the whole game. Like um, you're like losing your mind. So you're calling everyone else's names. Like you're calling everybody else by like the color of their shirts or something. And you have to do this like thing. So like, you have to, so it starts being funny. Like there are different things where you challenge different people or you steal different people's items and stuff. And so then there's like nighttime and then daytime. And then during the daytime, you can go and forge, and there's always like forge cards where you can go through, and you can find berries, and you can get random wood and things to make things, and so it's a cool game. It was really fun. Corinne found it. We went to this little uh, indoor um, kind of market type thing, and she found it and was like, oh, "I really want to buy this." And so I think it was like it was like twenty five bucks or something. So I was like, "Well, I'll split it with you." So we split. She she and I split the cost of it, and. It was fun. So we ended up playing that like four or five times over the weekend and and uh, went out to dinner or went out to, to lunch once and uh, took a nice hike at one point as well, which was fun. Um, we just kind of went along down the river and I actually took some pictures of like the journey knife while we were out and doing different stuff and oh, yeah, um, yeah. posted those on Instagram. And uh, <laughs> while we were out, Crinton had like kind of h- climbed up this cliff type thing and I'd walked up around and Nicole was kind of down below standing on this um, like glacial erratic boulder type things that had kind of was Mm -hmm. down, you know, it might've been like six or seven feet tall. And so she kind of climbed up one side of it and was standing up on top of it and taking pictures of Corinne up the hill and dropped one of her gloves because she had taken her gloves off to take pictures with her phone dropped one of her gloves. And she looked down and like right where she dropped it, there was this like eight by eight inch hole in the stone that went like straight down all the way to the bottom. <laughs> so she was like, Oh, I just, she's like, I just dropped my glove and it went right in this hole. So for the next like half an hour, we were working on trying to get that, get her glove back out, which we ended up finding like a crack in the bottom of the rock where we could see inside and we kind of fished it out. And while that was happening, Corinne slipped and fell and got a big gash in her knee. And so she was bleeding all over the place. And <laughs> so we like went back to the house we were going to go like take another walk, but we just, we decided not to. And I was like, well, I'm going to go out and, you know, go around and look for some more antique shops and stuff and go like hunting. So hunting for, for deals. So Nicole and Corinne were like, okay, have fun. And they're like, we're good. <laughs> so they stayed behind and I went around. I ended up finding some cool stuff. I went to a couple of different places. I found, um, a, uh, oh, let's see trying to think in chronological order the first thing i got actually when we were driving in was this little uh a square like a stanley rosewood um uh, just a square like i guess they're called cloverleaf square so wooden handle with the metal square top i have a small one that my dad gave me that's like mm. a four inch one and i found basically the same version of that but a six inch version of it 
So I got that for a couple bucks. Um, I got a, um, let's see, I got two hammers. One is like a two and a half pound ball peen hammer, uh, a plum ball peen hammer. So it's a nice heavy one with like an original, like kind of vintage seventies red fiberglass handle. Um, so that's in good shape. I got that. I got a, a three pound Mason's hammer, which at the time I didn't know was a Mason's hammer. And I just thought maybe it was kind of like an older blacksmithing hammer, but it's, uh, it's kind of, um, it's tall and narrow the way kind of an ax head is tall and narrow. Um, but it's maybe an inch wide in the, the face of it, maybe like three inches tall by an inch wide. And then the whole head of the hammer is maybe four or five inches deep. And then on the backside, it's like a straight peen. So it's got just like, you know, it comes together in a point along that full edge. So, I mean, I'm, it's, it was kind of on a loose handle, so I'm definitely going to rehandle it and use it for blacksmithing. Cause I think it's a good, like nice long face that I think has the potential to be kind of a interesting use, you know, purpose built hammer. So it's for, it's for masonry is for like, you know, breaking and hitting stones and things to crack them in a long seam. So that's why it's got that kind of long format, but, um, I think it'll be fun. Nice. I got those. Um, I got a council tool Hudson Bay axe, which I posted on Instagram. Um, and that was kind of cool. So walking around and you know how like in different antique malls, there's always kind of like the Harbor freight booth, you know, that's like just the booth with all the new stuff, like all mm-hmm. the new tools, mm-hmm. but they're all discounted or they're kind of the cheapy things, you know, and you can get them for, for five bucks instead of eight bucks, you know, or whatever it is, you know, so kind of was walking through one of those cause they're always kind of interesting. You might find a few things here and there. And, uh, I think there were three of these, uh, council tool, um, Hudson Bay axis. So I picked them up and, and they had a little label on them that was like, you know, $20, you know, new for $60 from council or whatever. So I actually went on the council tool website at that point. Cause I was like, cause it has a, at what at the time I thought was just yellow plastic handle. Now to me, it looks and feels exactly like yellow plastic and not fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I posted on Instagram and both, um, Brandon Roost and Craig Roost. So Brandon's whiskey river and who they sell council tool axes. And then Craig Roost who works for council tool and helps develop their axes. They both said that it's fiberglass that handle. So maybe it's, maybe it's like a fiberglass core with a plastic around it to protect, you know, the user from the fiberglass on your hands. I'm assuming that's what it's got to be because it's like, because it was a little bit, you know, like the, the casting of that piece of plastic was not that great. So it had some ridges and some bumps and stuff. So I sanded it all down with some sandpaper, some kind of rough sandpaper just to kind of get some, get all the stuff off, but then put a little bit of grip back into it. And, uh, it's really nice. So I was like, I looked online to see their, their prices and sure enough, like any of the Hudson Bay axes from whiskey river or from a council tool are all about like 60 or 70 bucks. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so Craig and Brandon both confirmed that it would have been a Baco, um, company. So they, they bought a bunch or like commissioned council tool to make a bunch and, you know, and they put their own handles on them and sold them, uh, separately. So I think Brandon said it was like 2020 actually that maybe Baco went out of business and sold big lots of a lot of their stuff. So that might've been how they ended up that this place got a couple of them or whatever. So I picked up one and sharpened it up last night, sharpened it up really nice. Cause it's still the same council tool head. Right. It's just on that yellow handle. Um, but I kind of like it 22 inches. It's like kind of slim feels kind of vintage. Like it's definitely, it was definitely based off of an older style handle. It's not like a big chunky handle, like a lot of 
newer stuff is. So I think I might leave it and just use it for a while because, you know, it's it's not going to get damaged by water or you, right. you know, humidity or anything. Like if it if it doesn't come loose and it stays on its head and it's, you know, it's it doesn't sit proud. It kind of sits down inside of the eye at the top and it's filled in with like a black epoxy or something. So. So if it stays fine on the head for a while, the only the one thing that's a little off is that it's not hung. Um, the the edge of the the blade isn't parallel with the handle. Mm. It's a little askew, you know. So that's one of those things when you're hanging a head, you want it to be like straight on the eye, so that way the blade is directly parallel in line with your handle. It runs straight up and down the handle. So it's a little bit off, um, which. I really noticed when I was trying to sharpen it because one side, you know, the blade, the bearded end of it, the heel of the blade was kind of, I could see it sticking underneath a little bit. So it was a little bit harder to sharpen, but you know, but it was fine. So I'm kind of excited. It's kind of, it's kind of a fun test, you know? And I, I posted the comment about it was like, I might as well use it like this and try it out and see how it works before completely discounting it. Just because in my mind, it's not as good. Right. Not because I've never used one before. Because I haven't, I've never used an axe hand, an axe with a with a fiberglass handle. You know, right. like I've I've only used wood because that's what I like. You know, that's what I. But I like that because that's what I've seen and that's what I know and that's the feeling. And I like being able to customize the fit and and I like the way they fit together and I like the idea of the wood and metal sistering together and being something one. You know, coming to one, but right. not because I have experience using it. Right. So I was like, well, I'll use it. And then if it feels horrible, I'll cut it off and put a wooden handle in. And if it, if it's fine, then I'll just leave it and I'll use it that way. And it can, I can throw it in the back of the truck or something. I don't have to worry about it ever, you know, getting loose or anything, hopefully, or at least I'll test it out. Then I'll know. Yeah. So. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just something different. You got a collection of axes. You might as well right. A few, you know, newer style ones just to, you know, it's, it's something. Yeah, right. Just try it out. Might as well. You know, it's like next, it's not going to hurt me to, next, to see what it's like. <laughs> right. Next thing is, well, can you 3D print axe handle? <laughs> <laughs> no infill on that one. It's got to be right. solid. It has to be pure or solid. Or maybe, well, it depends. See, the yeah, infill. It depends, yeah. The infill, you can do like 15 different patterns. Right. So one might hold the pancake layers better together. Right. You know, you know, who knows? Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah, so so that was cool. I'm excited about that. Um, I haven't used it yet, but I sharpened it up. It should be should be good to go. And uh, let's see. I got the the last two things I got was um, a 26 inch boys axe handle um, that I picked up. It was five bucks, and I think it might be oak. And it's got these like these little pin knots and stuff in it. So it's not the highest quality handle, and the the grain orientation is not great. But it's really pretty looking. You know, it's like, it's got cool looking grain. It's got a little like, character to it. And like, and it was only five bucks where normally a boy's axe handle would be anywhere between, you know, 12, 15, 18, and then more if you're paying for like, you know, higher quality handles. Right. So for five bucks, it's definitely worth it. I'll put it on one of my, one of my boy's axe heads and, you know, hang it and I'll custom fit it and stuff, you know, I'll shape it cause it's a little clunky, but but it's like, you know, it's a nice, it has a real nice big eye, like a real wide eye. So it's like, has a ton of material that I can, um, you know, modify down to fit really well. So that was cool. And the last thing I found, which is really cool, was a, uh, was a big chisel. So I got a one and three quarter inch wide uh, chisel from the company JW Mix and Company. Um, and I tried to find some information on them and I couldn't really, um, 
I think I found one image, and I can't remember exactly the date now off the top of my head, of course. Maybe it's this one right here. <laughs> That's that. But it doesn't really tell me the date. Um, but, yeah, cool. Like a really nice handle. It has a socket. Um, you know, it's a socket chisel, so, you know, it's got the socket and the wooden handle going into it with a little spacer on the back, a little leather spacer. So it's definitely designed to use with a chisel, I mean, with a hammer, you know, like a... a um, a carving hammer or, you know, um, a joiner's mallet, something like that. But yeah, really nice. Um, I, I, um, wire wheeled it last night and just, again, if, if you, if you like old tools and you don't have some type of wire wheel to clean off rust, it's such, it's so fun and, and like rewarding because it really takes oh, no yeah. time and you just like wire brush it a bunch and then it's like clean. So if you don't have a grinder, like a bench grinder, you know, and you have like a, a four inch angle grinder, you can pick up wire cups and stuff. It works just the same way. So really nice. Um, depending on the steel you're working with, if it's like softer stuff, you know, if you're working with something brass or all, you can get different types of wire wheels um, with different material. You can get like a brass wire wheel or steels or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's like, it's just a, it's a pleasure to use when you just like kind of clean right. it off. So that was nice. I cleaned it up and it's really good. It's got a nice edge. I'll have to like, it's not sharp at all. And it's got a few little teeny dings and stuff. So I actually have to do some work to get it sharp, but, but it looks really nice. Um, I couldn't tell from the wire wheeling if it's laminated, you know, so if it has hardened steel on the bottom and softer on top, I couldn't see any line just from the wire wheeling. So but that'll definitely show up when I when I sharpen the edge. If it's a lot of older ones were laminated, so instead of using like tool steel for the whole body, they were just they would use a high carbon steel on the bottom and then softer steel on top and laminate together. Just that way, you get the actual cutting edge is hardened steel, mm. but not the whole thing. So, but but yeah, that was it. So I got a couple things. Really happy about all of them. They're just like fun different things. I'm always like my goal when I go into vintage shops is. My first goal is always axes. Like, that's what I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for, like, the really cool axe and a good deal. Um, but but just tools or really anything, a lot of times I'll I'll find myself, like, breezing through really fast places and then like, not looking. And then I'm like, oh, there are other cool things that are old, not right. just tools, yeah. you know. So right. I'll, like, slow down a little bit and I'll look for some stuff and I'll, and I'll start thinking of, like, what something that, like, Nicole would like, you know, or, like, something that Corinne would like. So I'm, like, kind of slow myself down <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, these are kind of cool, like – you know, so we found it some is, stuff, but it is nice to have a, a few goals, you know? Yeah. Cause when right. you see it, it's great. Like, yeah. And right, when, we need a, <laughs> we need a little box this big with some drawers. Right. Exactly. And you're looking yeah. at like, oh, look at this perfect thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and when like we've stopped, we're stopping at like the third antique store and Corinne and Nicole are like, okay, we're doing another antique store. <laughs> and like <laughs> then I, then I'm just looking for my goal things, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just like running up and down aisles, just looking and, you know, looking in corners, looking for ax handles or tools or whatever. But, but man, there are, a lot of um, really expensive retail priced uh, axes to be had if people want to pay full price. <laughs> because, <laughs> like at every all the places that I went to, there was there was like there were like one or two booths that had um, you know nicer tools, you know like planes and things, and they'd have like six or seven different uh, axes, and and there are different degrees of people's 
understanding of like cleaning up a tool so some people would like you know they'll like clean it up and then they'll put like a coat of varnish over an axe you know so it's like shiny and like they're like oh sixty dollars for this you know vintage axe head and it's like the whole you know toe is ground off and there's it's it's like no markings on it it's all mushroom i'm like this is ridiculous like (laughs) like no one should buy this you know like that's unless you know unless like you have a wall of axes that's like just a display and you don't care really to use them you just want to have them because they look cool like i guess that's fine but yeah it's not that's not what i want to pay i want to find like the rusty one that's just sitting on the on the counter or on the like on the shelf because they found it in a barn and here's five bucks or ten bucks or whatever for you know like that's what i'm looking for that that right. that feels fun to me you know that's the that's the like yeah. winning the prize the getting thing like, now, obviously if i found something like that i've been really looking for and i see a good price on it but it's like, kind of expensive that might be different, right? Because that's like a goal thing, like a white whale type thing. But you know, yeah. or like a really good one that's really well sought after, right? You then know, then people do your research. Yeah, but, you, you never see it, and so you'll pay right. full price or even a little bit more just because you found one. Right, exactly. But when I see like the heads that I that I've purchased over the years for a couple bucks here and there for like sixty or seventy dollars, you know, and they're not in even like good condition at all, I'm like, that's ridiculous. But okay, there's some, if the market's there. Here's a question before we go. If you find a black raven. Yep. That's what that's what it's called, right? Yep. Kelly yep. black raven. So if you find a Kelly, uh, a black raven. Yep. What is the max you would be willing to play? Let's say it's it's in good shape. Like not it, it let's say well let's say it's like y- your dream Kelly black raven. Right. I mean, obviously, right now with that, as it being one of the most popular axe heads to buy, you right, could turn yeah. around and sell it for a certain amount. So that doesn't even count almost. Right. Because, you know, yeah, you can exactly. spend, let's say, whatever you spend, 800 right. or whatever whatever high amount it is, because you know you can sell it back. But what is right. the max you would pay to get your hands on one? To Yeah. So, so yeah. Like you were saying, of course, if I saw one for a hundred bucks, I know that I could sell it for six hundred dollars, right? So mm-hmm. I can make five hundred bucks right off the bat. So that's a different mindset. But if I was gonna buy one to keep, and it's right? like it's pristine, like it's one of the it's it's great, but not not so pristine that you know it hasn't been used and it's real, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, right, good condition. Like it's it a great example used. of what what it is and what, right what yeah. I want. I probably would pay. I don't know. I'd I'd have I'd have trouble paying more than say, one hundred and fifty or two hundred bucks. Really? Because like, that's yeah. Because but even but even I mean you've seen them. We've all seen them for crazy amounts of money. I know. You but, could throw a handle on it and get what between five and a thousand dollars. Well, I know that. Yes, of course. If there was one, like I said, if if there was one that I knew that I I would buy and sell, then yeah. I would pay more for it. But right. I'm thinking just for myself to buy and keep. Right. Like I said, it's a different mindset. I, like I don't, I don't. Right. That think that's, that's an expensive thing to have. Yeah, to just right. To exactly. have if you're going to keep it. Right, and you know, and the other thing too is, I would I would have a tough time using a black raven. Right. You know, like right. because it's such a cool stamp, you know, and like it's kind of just it's it's to have, yeah, it's right. to have in your collection. Right, and I like and the 
the enjoyable part of collecting axes to me is getting the good deals. That's part of it, mm-hmm. you know. So, but like you said, yeah, of course, if it's a white whale, like to me, I would I I would have I would struggle to pay more than two hundred dollars for something that I was just going to keep for part of the collection, you know. Like yeah. for me, the goal is to find one in the wild, as they say, you know, not online, not you know, just <laughs> right. find one out there and and then have it, and that's like that's what you found, which is what everyone's looking for. Right. You know, it's like you found the gold mine <laughs> that everyone's been looking for or whatever, the treasure. Um, that's more appealing to me than, than having one, like, you know, buying one for now in the wild could also be in an antique store, right? If I found one in an antique store for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, I'd, I might buy it. If it was in a really good condition and it was like 300 bucks, I probably would buy it and sell it. You know, if it was in mediocre condition. Yeah. So it hits a, it hits a price. Yeah. Where you'd say, well, this is too expensive just to keep as a, right. As a hanger. Yeah. Wall hanger. But that's the key. If I put a handle on it, I can make 300 bucks. Right. Like for, yeah, for buying something just to keep as like a wall hanger as part of the collection, I would, I would struggle with paying out of pocket and not getting any money back more than like 200 bucks. Right. But because that one's so cool, that's, and it's funny, like, when I first got into axes, I, um, you know, I kind of, I joined a few different places and I went on to like different like Bushcraft USA and knife forums and I started, started, started finding axes there. And then I joined Axe Junkies and started seeing, you know, axes there and stuff. And, and occasionally the Black Raven would pop up. And that was like before I knew what the Black Raven was. I just saw like this really awesome stamp and I've always loved crows and so that like obviously resonated with me right away. I was like, "Oh, it's the Black Raven. That's like my bird. That's super cool." Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having a conversation with Sean early on when I when he, I was like, he started getting into axes because he had seen what I was doing and kind of like he liked the appeal. And so he was started getting into like buying and collecting some. And and I think we had a conversation kind of early on. It was like, "All right, what's your white whale? What's my white whale? Like, if we find it, you know, will we mm-hmm. buy it for the other person or whatever." And that's when I was like, yeah, mine would be the Black Raven. And I forget what he said his was at the time. But it's something Also different. the Black Raven. So it's a yeah. lot. <laughs> but that was the I thing at the so. time. Like, I didn't really even know that was like a big thing. It was just, it was the stamp that I really liked because it appealed to me because I really liked the bird. Mm-hmm. You know, and it looked really cool, which is the reason why everyone loves it. Right. Because it looks really cool because there's no other stamp like that. It's really awesome. Right. It doesn't necessarily act better than. Other no, axes, which yeah, actually exactly. wasn't it wasn't the highest right it wasn't the no it wasn't, wasn't even the, the highest line. line it was, it was kind of just the standard yeah i mean the kelly like the kelly perfects and the 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 kelly um registered is their their top of the line so that's like you'll see kelly registered and then they have a a rectangular block and they're all hand numbered by like which ones there were so mm-hmm. the kelly registered was their top of the line collins had like their bonded um, the plum champions were like their top of the line. So the black Raven was kind of just a middle of the line. It was in there with like, you know, the Kelly perfect and the wood and, the, um, the like Vulcans and like, I've got some different ones, but you know, they definitely weren't top of the line. They were just a standard ax, but just everyone was doing awesome, you know, stamps back then. And that one just ends up being the one that people love nowadays because it really is super, just cool looking, just a beautiful yeah. pattern, and this, yeah. and like an actually stamped into the steel, like so it lasts forever. You know, that's like super cool. It's a, just a, a fun thing. So that's um, obviously, if you did get one, 
Because yeah. you'd also, even if you paid a lot and you were going to sell it, we could definitely do a video on it. Oh, yeah. That'd be the fun part. But <laughs> you could do something ridiculous with it just to <laughs> get views. <laughs> like putting a plastic Chopping ha- wood with a, yeah, putting putting a plastic, a plastic handle. handle on a black raven, you know, something. <laughs> just to, hey, we got to get the That's eyes funny. on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like put a fiberglass handle on it and like use it to chop up some firewood. <laughs> use and then to, at the end, use, yeah. use it to chop roots out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then at the end, I'd have to like restore it again and put a wooden handle on it and be like, "All right, now all is well." <laughs> Don't worry. This will everyone's go like heart home. is beating. All these like axe nerds are like, "Oh my gosh, why would you do that?" <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah, so fun times. I found some cool stuff. Always fun to be out there looking. And, you know, I, I like the uh, Hudson Bay axes are cool. So that's, that's fun. I'm glad I got one of those, a council tool. It's um, It doesn't have a date stamp on it now. Um, they've been doing the date stamps on their axes, which is really cool. So it'll have, like, mm. the council tool stamp on one side and the other side. It has USA and then a date next to it. So it doesn't have the date on it, but... uh. But it's still like a nice deep stamp on both sides, Council Tool and USA. And uh, and if nothing else, like if I don't like the way that the handle feels, I'll just pop it off. And I'll you know, like it's got some black paint on the head too, which you know, in the whole theme of it being like being able to be left outside or preserved and not you know go bad, the black paint and the plastic handle are both things that aren't gonna you know rot or rust. So. I'm happy to leave it as long as possible. And like I said, if I don't like the way the handle feels or, or you know, it doesn't live up to what I want it to, then I'll just cut it off and grind off all the paint and put it on a really nice, you know, wooden handle and have like a nice premium, you know, Hudson Bay Council Tool axe. There you go. Yes, sir. It'll add to my third Hudson Bay axe that, is it 30? One, two. I have, I have the, I have the Collins Legitimus. Um, and then I have now the council tool. Oh no, I have a, um, I have a, uh, um, snow and Neely Hudson Bay. And then I have the small Norland. So I have four and they all are all the other three, all except for the little Norland, the two full size ones, both got loose on their handles. So, <laughs> which is like notorious for Hudson Bay axes. Cause they have those really short eyes, you know, the taller the eye, the more wood that's inside the eye and the, the better it should hold on. So they got those gotcha. short eyes and they've all gone loose. So you got to hang them all again. I'm putting more wedges in them. <laughs> Slam, put that nail right <laughs> in the middle of it. And... <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Do all the couple of nails and do right, what I yeah. would do. Keep filling it up. Get it tight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It was kind of cool, actually. Brandon Roos just put out, he just uh, put a post up on Instagram on for Whiskey River talking about their new little, I think it's called their 11C, so this little short 11-inch um, hatchet handle for these kind of little small hatchets. I forget what they, he called them, but they're, I've seen them around. They're these kind of these little teeny hatchets. Um, and his they don't come with a kerf cut into the top of the eye, but they come with a little metal wedge. And with, I guess with the idea specifically that you're not going to cut a curve and with, mm. you know, so you're not putting mm. in a wooden wedge because it's so small. You just like put the head on, throw your little metal wedge in there and it opens it up and holds it on just enough. I was like, how about that? He was like, cause he was saying it'd be kind of tough to cut a wedge in there to fit it in for such a small eye. I was like, oh, weird. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But something else. 
All right. Well, recommendations this week. Um, I want to recommend um, someone who I've I've actually recommended in the past, um, and his uh, his Instagram is Gallardo Knives. So that is uh, at G A L L A R D O underscore Knives, and uh, um, he's been kind of out of action for quite a while. His um. His most recent post was a couple of days ago, January 20th, but his post before that, his most recent post before that was from June 5th, 2021. So it's been whatever that mm-hmm. is, like six or seven, seven months, or I guess that's more than that. It's like uh, nine months, eight or nine months. So, um, yeah, so he posted again, so it's good to see him back. Um, so if you don't know Guy or Knives, go check him out on Instagram. Really good knife maker, and actually his knife called the Atom is the knife that I based the shape of the little bone handle knife that I made for Corinne, which we did a video of. So bone handle knife, if you look at that, that's based off the Atom. I think I actually shout him out in the video because I used his his design, which I really like, the the Atom design. But it's good to see him back. He posted a picture of just holding up some different handle scales, you know, different wood combinations and stuff. So it's good that he'll be back uh back and doing some stuff and hopefully posting so head over to instagram go give him a follow tell him we sent him we sent you over and uh and go tell him you're happy to see him back so guy or knives on instagram that uh bone handle knife was not a fun one to make just just the <laughs> smell oh yeah yeah right, making exactly. that was brutal and then also <laughs> just slicing and trying to find the right uh-uh. piece of yeah. bone that we could oh yeah, Brilliant. yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we were using that bone that we found in the woods when we found yeah. like that I found with Corinne. So it was like part of the leg bone of the white tail, but it was kind of small. So we had to like yeah, we kept cutting different pieces and oh. got just enough. But it did turn out really nice. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Corinne really likes it, and you know, and just like that, I really, I'm really drawn to bone handle knives, and I actually got some bone recently from um, New York Shed Antlers. That's his. Uh, I think that's his Instagram name. But um yeah he's he, I got some stuff from him so I got the the uh antler pieces for the um for the Bowie knife which we'll still have to work on um but then yeah I got some scales as well some bone scales and some other ones that I'll cut down to make bone knife but there's just something really nice about that like kind of creamy somewhat translucent yeah. um organic you know like different colors running through it that that bone look I just I really like it so so yeah there you go check them out um, I guess mine, I was going to do the, one of the videos I watched, but really if you're looking for a 3d printer, I'll just say what mine was. Mm-hmm. It's called the, uh, Creality Ender 3. So just look for Ender 3. Creality? E- yeah. Okay. E-N-D-E-R, Ender 3, and it's version 2. They have like a Ender 3, they have an Ender 3 Pro, and then they have a Ender 3 V2. And um, you can get an Ender 3, which is like a five-year-old printer now, and it, or a six-year-old, but you probably get that one for like 160 bucks. Oh, yeah. Dirt right cheap. On. Yeah. Uh, Ender Pro, probably around 200 And then I was like going between the Enders and another brand, and then Amazon must have heard me. And then they had like a, <laughs> one of those lightning sales, you know? Yeah, right. And I was like, the Ender 3 V2. For uh, I think it was like two thirty or something, 
Which right. usually it's like two eighty or three hundred bucks. So oh, nice. That's what I got it for. But um, it's that's it's crazy. It's great. <clears throat> I mean, there's those printers, and then people are using resin printers. But yeah, resin's messy. It's harder to get a bigger build surface. You know, for for the right price. Right. Um, it's so like no smell, easy to work with. Right. Uh, the layer or PLA printing <clears throat> or whatever they call it. Right. It's, yeah. It's it's. it's much nicer you can get really cool things cool tools i mean i've had success it was it's you do have to put more building into it because it's a like a chinese machine very it comes in bits and pieces you know right so you got to hope everything works right off the bat and (laughs) you have to take a few hours at least to build it or for my right (laughs) yeah um and then (laughs) you know it's a pain without the self-balancing platform because that'd be really right. nice because yeah. you got to get that right on that first layer to get it to right. lay well. But I've kind of gotten it down now, and um, nice. I actually, there's look for stuff online if you're going to get it. There's these replacement springs you can get right away, mm-hmm. and they're dirt cheap on Amazon. I think they're like eight bucks, but oh, you get nice. a million yeah. springs. You know, so I, right. I could make probably ten Ender threes now. You know, I only needed four, but they send you like whatever twenty, you know, whole bag. Yeah, right, exactly. So they're like they're flat springs made for compression, made for holding it. So you know, you kind of balance it. And I've kind of been rebalancing every time just to make sure. But uh, I've got it down now where I can balance it in about a minute, get it right, and then uh, start the prints. And it's it's been great. So you just have to like, do you you um like check your you know, X axis or whatever you come down, check a few spots on the board well, to make sure do. they all come to zero the same. Yeah. Well, the bed has four wheels, screws mm-hmm. on each one, one on each corner to raise it up and down. Right. To get it level with yeah your head. So you get your head to go to its home point. And yep. from there you want it about a papers width away from the, the surface. Right. To get a good, uh, because you don't want it just to sit on the surface. Right. Because then it'll, it'll peel off. You mm-hmm. want it to squish just a little bit. Not too much, you know, where uh, it's spreading it too thin, like paint. Right. You want it just to squish down a little bit. So it's basically one piece of papers. Right. With. So it just takes a minute. You kind of do it, put a paper there, slide it to the other corner, put a paper there. And obviously, you change one corner, the other goes up or down. You know, with right. So you just kind of check each corner maybe four times and then. You're good to go. Nice. Right on. That's cool. What was the uh, website you were mentioning earlier where people can find the STL files or the different? Oh, that's right. The, uh, uh, what's well, on, I, I forget the name. Wait, 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 wait. On Thing- Thingiverse or something? Oh, you mean that... for the mugs? Well, Thingiverse, yeah, yeah. Thingiverse, yes, for pretty much everything. And this is where I found it. And then they had a link to their site where you could buy more stuff. Right, but they still have free mugs, and it's called um, uh, A R S Morendi M O R E N D I three D. You could probably just look up Mystic Mugs. Okay, and they have a whole website of kind of weird uh, mugs and stuff, and nice all types. That's sweet. Um, one of the things that Bob was talking about in his video was that PLA has kind of a low, uh, technical, I guess a low melting point, you know? Mm-hmm. So he was saying for, <clears throat> for making pieces in 
his car, if it's like sitting out in the summer, locked inside, it can get up, you know, over a hundred degrees inside the vehicle. He made this um, like console that hold held a bunch of buttons to be able to play sounds and stuff outside of his range. His uh, his um, what's it called? Not uh, not Range Rover, um, Land Rover, and and the like that console that box is kind of like shifted and warped a little bit from being in the car for <laughs> yeah. a long time, you know. Um, so he said there's another type of filament that you can use that's a higher yeah. melting point. I don't remember off the top of my head, but you know. Right. It might be worth looking into that if you're going to do something, you know, that that might be in anything that's warmer. But, I mean, if you're just printing things, you know, like the, the way you're doing it now more as a hobby, you know, right. then, and, then PLA and, is perfectly fine. You know, yeah. And, and cheap. You know? PLA, I think, is there because it's the easiest to work with. Mm-hmm. And you can actually get some, apparently, the stuff I buy, it's, like, kind of organic. So that okay. doesn't make, that doesn't give it good... Uh, strength numbers probably, you know, right. like, oh, yeah. so you can, but you know, for what it is, it, it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's all types of, of weird, uh, di- different filaments to use. Right. Yeah. And they have all many different settings. So yeah, yeah, they have like, like wood and stuff now, things that are, yeah, like, they have yeah. like a wood filament. I think, you know, it's like a blended thing. Mm-hmm. Right, of course, it's like an epoxy or something. Everything's yeah. together, so it's got it's got a similar similar melting point as PLA. So it's yeah. just going through the nozzle; it melts as it's pushing through and stuff. And then they have stuff that can be flexible, That's so you cool. could do like, you know, uh, hexagon pattern stretchy things. Right. Yeah. That go around and do stuff or belts or things like that. It's yeah. Just... That's cool. Yeah. Right on. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, you can check that out. Um, yeah, I'll put links for everything, all of our recommendations, as always, into the description of the podcast so you can find them there. And, uh, yeah, so um, it was uh, a fun time looking for stuff over the weekend. I really enjoyed it and hanging out with you guys for dinner and trying to figure out what that little thing was <laughs> that you made for me. I was determined. I was like, I know I can figure this out. You know, like it's it looks like something I know. I just couldn't like put my finger on it. You know, I was like There's something, all these things have a specific purpose and I can tell that it's something that I should know, but I don't. And it's like, I just have to get to it. So I think what, what kind of what I saw in my head was a similar one that I have of that type of thing, but it's just hold it whole. It's like a flat metal, um, bottom and it kind of rounds up on the sides and has a handle and you do you like clamp it together but you wrap a piece of mm. you know sandpaper up over the edges and you clamp it down on so I've a, i have a few different things like that so i think right it like popped into my head that thing it was like bing and i was like oh that's it you know like that's right. what it is it's like a little version of that and it's like different on the different sides to be able to like tight on one side and this you know rounded angle on the other side and stuff so yeah it's cool all right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, episode 76 of the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. If you haven't already, please go over to Instagram and follow us both there, and we'll be posting pictures of the stuff that we've talked about on today's podcast there so you can see them. Um, and if you are listening and you already guessed correctly for the objects that are in the pictures, then congratulations. You've won. <laughs> and uh, you know, also go over to... Uh, to youtube and follow us there we put up a new video um what are we at? We're maybe a, a week out now of uh, the uh the new revolution grinder that i have the gen 4 revolution grinder that brian house sent up we we uh set that up and built it and talked about all the awesome aspects of why it's such a great um grinder so go check that out that video is doing okay so go and 
check it out. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Let us know what you think. If you haven't already watched it, we'd appreciate it. And go over and subscribe there as well. And then also, if you want to support us, um, we always really appreciate any support as far as just you know, listening to the podcast, watching the videos, sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support us, um, you can always head over to patreon.com slash the art of craftsmanship and support us there. And for all of our patrons over there, we really, really appreciate your support. Um, I always say it makes a big difference, but it, the difference that it makes, it's, it's not even the money. It's the, like, it's the fact that people are willing to support things that other people do just because they think they're interesting and maybe they, they believe in like who you are and mm-hmm. they're, they're drawn to do that. And that's, it really, that like that little bit more, that extra support is, is very humbling, you know? And that's mm-hmm. the difference that it makes. It's like people are willing to like throw us a couple bucks each month just because they think that what we're doing is interesting. And we, then they know that like that kind of helps us out and gives us that drive to keep doing it and shows a little bit in a different way, what type of difference or effect that things that we're doing are making on other people's lives, which is, which is, that's the huge difference. It really makes a difference in being part of this like thing that, um, hopefully is inspiring and making, you know, and, and like, uh, getting people to do things and make things and flip that maker switch on and do some stuff. So, <laughs> right. So when I say that each week that it makes a big difference, it really is that like, the difference between just a thumbs up and then someone who supports you with comments or with, you know, some money here and there or whatever, like all those little things make a difference and it really makes, it drives us to keep doing this, what we're mm-hmm. doing. So mm-hmm. thank you all so much for that support in any way that you're supporting us. All right, Devin, always a pleasure. Everybody yeah. else. It's great chat with you guys. Hopefully you all enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.